everybody. Welcome on in to Wager Weekly. Damon Roberts with you for a week eight in the NFL. We're going to take a look at your preview, your week eight card. We'll look at your Thursday night matchup, Baltimore and Tampa Bay. We'll start there. We'll go through all your lines and your Sunday games, give you an idea of what we're looking at for the site. Again, you can always get seven free days of service. If you're a new user and you're not signed up at the site yet, you can get your first seven days absolutely free. All you got to do is register at the site. It's just that simple. Or you can scan the code that's on your screen right now with your mobile device. It'll take you right to the site. Sign up. Absolutely free. No credit card required. No nothing. Just sign up as a user. You get your first seven days absolutely free. And you'll get a taste of everybody at the site. You'll get some plays from me. You'll get some from Paul Nolan. You'll get some from Stacey Ulera, Paul Bovey. So you get a good taste of what we can do over seven days. Absolutely free. Plays will be sent right to your mobile device. No hassles, no credit cards, no gimmicks, no nonsense, no BS. All you have to do is just sign up. It takes 30 seconds to sign up as a user. You'll get your first seven days for free. And after that, we hope we deliver enough, as we've been doing all year, for each and every one of you who's taken advantage of this, to, uh, for you to continue your journey with us here at WageWeekly.com. Let me welcome in, as I always do each and every week, Mr. Paul Nolan. Paul Nolan, how are you? I'm excellent, man. I'm just, I like the card already. I've got three big bets in already for the week. Uh, you know, I'm... You know, I'm prepped. I'm about to start writing all my articles for every NFL game, and yeah, I uh, I I'd like to start with the Thursday. I you know we were yeah we've been <laughs> we've been talking about this. You know, I think um, I think people think that all you know because we're on the site together and we do all these things together and we and we've been in this business for so long together that we always just agree on everything, and all of, all of these cappers always agree and they're always on the same side of games and there's never any discussion or argument about about how you get to your final result and. Really, the truth is each one of us has kind of a different method for how we go about and how we get to what we think are mistakes or not mistakes or what we're going to play, not we're going to play. And, and this Thursday night game is a perfect example of it, Baltimore and, uh, and Tampa Bay. So, and I'll just go first, and you can kind of jump in and tell the audience why you, you kind of dis- disagreed or, or kind of was coming at it at a different way, maybe is a better way to put it. But I look at this game. And you know my feelings on Tampa Bay all year. I've said it every week, every day, and every week on this show and on the on the website and all the videos we've done. You know my feeling on Tampa Bay. You know my feeling on the quarterback. You know my feeling on his personal life and how I think that has affected him on the field. Um, and you look at last week, a 13-point favorite against a Carolina team that basically it was supposed to be a fire sale. The, the year was over. The coach is gone. Uh, let's just make it to the end of the year and go play golf and get on vacation. 13-point underdog. They can't score a point. Yeah. Um, and now they go home at three and four and they welcome in the Baltimore Ravens at four and three. And we've talked about Baltimore. They've had their issues, but the quarterback play has been for the most part MVP like this year. Um, the difference in the, the way these two teams look in the direction they're seemingly going. I look at this line minus one and I say to myself, this has got to be the biggest trap to take Baltimore. Because how could you not take Baltimore at minus one? They seemingly have every advantage on the field on both sides of the ball, given what we, if we go by what our eyes last saw. And you yeah. say what to that? Well, you know, when I did my lines, I had the total at 44 and I had the game at a pick them. Um, when I saw that Baltimore was laying one, I kept thinking to myself, this is another example of the ultimate overreaction in this league. Uh, Tampa Bay's obviously, you know, been this glossy, glossy, shiny object for the longest time. And, Tom Brady brings so much luster, and obviously this team has played so well below its expectation. It's it's frightening, but Baltimore hasn't been exactly world beaters as well. Both teams have played similar strength of schedule at this point, and and both teams have found themselves like, you know, 
blowing games. Like Baltimore has had a 10-point lead in every game. They just keep blowing one after another. And when you look at the adjusted points scored, uh, they've been in barn burners. Like the, against the Giants, they should have eked out a one-point win. Uh, last week, they should have lost based on EPAs and expected points added um, per play and all that. Um, and, and let's be honest. I mean, Cleveland is no you know gem. Cleveland's not now. I've here's the two things from narrative perspective. You know, when teams have a big team on deck, like you know, obviously the Buccaneers have the Ravens on desk, deck on a short week, and then you know they get to a look up, like a look up past kind of a team. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, Carolina they were just thinking they could lace them up and win. Now that team is definitely Tampa Bay doesn't look like themselves to me, even a little bit. But one thing I'm seeing is Tom Brady still. Is going to be able to make the throws. That opening play of the game, it's in 70-some. It's a bomb to Mike Evans. He just drops it. You cannot tell me a team that uh, comes in sharp mentally, that happens to. This is a team that came in thinking it was going to be a cakewalk. And I just see them rallying the troops, especially when you hear the guys in the presses talking about how I cost us the game. No, 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 I cost us the game. And Devin White, no, it was me over pursuing. All these guys are saying the right thing. So I just think it's the perfect bounce-back game for Tampa, who's clearly looking ahead to homing, a home Thursday night game against a uh, a Raven team that was playing, you know, its arch rival in the Browns. There's no look ahead there. And they almost lost. They almost, you know, they should have you know, beat the Giants, but they lost. And I don't care what anyone says, as much of a Giant fan I was when I was 12 years old. And I mean, I got the LT picture in the background to to prove it. But I, I, I can just, I, I don't know, I can just tell you, they're not a, a, they're not the best 6-1 and one team I've ever seen. They're not the worst. And uh, I think this is the ultimate overreaction, in my opinion. I, I, I like Tampa Bay in this one. I mean, we get to the same result. I like Tampa Bay too, just for a different. I mean, I just get there for different reasons. Obviously, I look at I look at Baltimore's schedule and I look at their three losses, and they look like three three pretty decent losses. Again, the Giants. I think we little, we disagree on how good the Giants are. I mean, the Giants are just finding ways. Um, Buffalo and Miami with Tua when he was playing really well in Week Two. So I look at those three losses and I say, man, there's nothing that tells me this is a Baltimore team. That's. I mean, I know four and three, but the three losses to me, man, those are those are three. If there's such a thing as tough, good losses, I mean, those are three teams that you would suspect you could lose to. I mean, they've taken care of business and everything else. They beat New England, uh, obviously Cincinnati, Cleveland, and the Jets in the opening week. So four and three. And I'm just thinking from the novice guy who's going to walk to the counter. I just think given what they've seen, especially last week, Tampa Bay's, I don't think they can get that performance against Carolina out of their mind. A 13-point favorite that loses outright doesn't score a point. Boy, I just think you look at this game and you go, man, Baltimore's only got to win by one. The novice guy is just going to walk up, and this this is one of the bigger sucker plays I think I've seen uh, all season long is to play Baltimore here thinking it's going to be easy. So I, I end up with you in the same place. I have to be on Tampa Bay in this game as much as I have to hold my nose to do it because I do th- I do not think they're playing well, and I, I don't – you know, we'll see if they bounce back. But to me, the odds maker is telling you here – for me, who you have to be on. So we end in the same place. We just get there a little differently. Yeah, so you said something I'm curious about. You, How do we disagree on the Giants? I think the Giants are not a, the worst 6-1 team. and They're definitely not a real 6-1 team. I, I feel like that the Giants, obviously, great coaching and really just playing to the play of strength and the good play of Daniel Jones above expectation. And Saquon Barkley apparent to be back. And despite having a, you know, a beat-up offensive line outside of – you know, the right tackle. I just, you know, I mean, I don't well, know how I, you I get think, to six and one and not be a good team. I mean, the only losses to Dallas, we've seen what they've done. 
Uh, obviously, the NFC East looks like the most competitive place in football I see right them now. As a four and three team, I don't see them as this. Like I hear people saying they're the worst six and one team they've ever seen, and I think that's a massive overreaction. And I, but I also think there's a team that's had so many close games that, I mean, they could very easily be you know one and six flipped the other way. I mean, everything's a one score game. They could have and should have lost to Jacksonville, and they definitely should have lost to Baltimore. And you know they've they've kind of done it, you know, just having a lot of heart and a lot of camaraderie. You watch that sideline. And they just a bunch of brothers jumping up and down together, us against the world. So, you know, this is not a bad team by any stretch of the means. I love betting on teams like that, but I still don't, I just don't see them as, you know, a put your feather in the hat type of win. Like, you know, when you, you know, uh, like you can count on them to just march in and win. It's a team that's doing all hands on deck, but I could easily see them regress back to the means, is really what I'm saying. And I also, I, I just can't help but think in Tampa Bay, we're getting a great value on them at home. So uh, I guess we're on the same page then. I, I don't think. I'm not. I'm certainly not saying the Giants are a bad team. You know, that would be asinine. I, I just. I'm just saying that to me, they feel like a four and three team. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's interesting to say that because obviously at six and one, they go on the road to a team this week. Uh, we'll ju- just we're jumping around a little bit, but since we're talking about them, and, and it's interesting because this theory that we're talking about, how good are they? Are they a six and one team? Even though the, I mean, the record says they are. Uh, but are they really that good? And we'll kind of get an idea. Maybe this week they go on the road to Seattle, a team that you could, you know, sitting at four and three. Uh, is Seattle a four and three team as well? Because we've been on this Seattle team this year a couple times. They've done well for us. ATS Geno Smith to play. Obviously, he's been. Um, I don't think anyone could have expected Seattle to be leading their division no. at this point, seven games into the into the no year. Way. So this is a very interesting game. Here's your six and one Giants going to Seattle. Seattle favored by three at home. Your over under is forty five. Uh, if the Giants go in and take care of business here, uh, does that change your perspective on them, or is it is it yes. not a, is Seattle not a yes. great win? Yes, because if they start getting better receiver play, look, I'm changing my opinion every week on teams. I am not, I'm never going to hold my opinion on a political position or a sports position or any position as new evidence and data comes to my way. I'm, I'm man enough to say, oh, I didn't know that then. I know it now, and this is where I'm at, and I'm going to change my opinion. So, without a doubt, if they win this game on the road, um, you know, I'm going to have to reassess like their ability to regress because I also think on top of them starting out as a kind of a bad team finding ways to win. I'm watching them grow. I'm also watching them take play, hold of the scheme. I'm watching a team that is way sharper in their run blocking. They're taking some kind of some angular approaches to their run blocking schemes that are really interesting. And it's to me, um, they're really playing to the strength of that weak pass protection to really get the kids out there in front and just starting a fist fight. And I got to be honest with you, I played football my whole life. I know when you know, my offensive linemen get the run block Loved being a part of the fist fight. You know, let me let me attack. Let me not retreat. So uh, you could see how it's 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 building. And then you know, when Neil comes back, I think he'll come back a better player with a little bit of mental rest too. And much body hurts three to four weeks out. Uh, I think it's going to be a good for him mentally more than anything. Because I see him just like I saw uh, Andrew Thomas originally, being like wow, I don't know. And then he just kept growing and growing. Now he's the best tackle in the game, which is fun to watch. If they get that on the side, the Giants really will be a team has evolved throughout the year, and we watch player development because of great coaching. But Seattle's a game, one another. Three major discrepancies in my mind. I had this game in Seattle, and I was bounced between three and three and a half on this line. Uh, I had it as a three. I settled on a three. I, I wrote my total in on this game at, uh, at 44 and a half. Uh, the total opened to 46 and a half, went to 45 and a half. I didn't see a great deal of because I wasn't sure Seattle's weather. I never want to jump 
done with Seattle, how that changes on totals. I did make a massive bet on Seattle early in the week. I laid 122 on the money line. And right now I'm poised to get the Giants plus three and a half coming back the other way in the middle. And I'm, I'm if that thing, if I see three and a half and, and go on that game, I'm going to sink my teeth into it. I'm going to go full-blown middle to cross the board on this game. Okay. All right, very good. So we'll keep an eye on the Giants. That's good stuff. Um, so we talked about, obviously, your Thursday night Baltimore-Tampa Bay. So just going back to rotation order, if you want to look at us for Sunday's card, uh, we have another game over in England. And uh, the question is, will Nathaniel Hackett actually leave England as the coach of the team? Yeah. That's the question, obviously, after the week of speculation. Yeah, Denver, he might, he, might want to, he might want to get on the railway system and just start <laughs> traveling in Europe with a folders guy. Hey, look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. Um, <laughs> I can't get left. <laughs> Denver, Jacksonville. Uh, Denver still, um, as of today, as we're recording here on a Wednesday, uh, mm. to be determined at quarterback. Seems like Russell Wilson's been um, doing yoga and stretching this week. I don't know. But um, obviously the story here more is really the overall – the team, the offense, the coach, the scheme, the decisions, the play calling. It's just Oof. been pretty much abysmal. Um, I mean, this, I mean, obviously, Jacksonville right now sitting at, well, game opened four. Let's say Bet US opened four. Bet US now has two and a half, 39 and a half is your total. I mean, is this a game you just obviously early Sunday morning stay away from? Well, I mean, look, right away, my reaction was, okay, it's London. Um, I, you know, again, the weather changes there quickly. Um, if we have a soggy field, I mean, you can't tell me that this game is going to go over. Um, you know, so like my first reaction was, you know, it's got to be an under game, but it's so crazy in this day and age, you see so many teams. I mean, so many players betting teams under. I, I've never seen this many, the public betting unders like this in my life, which has always been a telltale sign. Get out the spatula, flip that. If you're ever going to be a contrarian, it's when the public pounds an under. You go over, it's like 62% when it's over 75% of the public on an under. I've tracked that for 20 years. So, you know, so that's got me a little bit shaky on this. And I, and I missed the under last week on the Jet Bronco game. It came down to 36 when the winds kept picking up. I didn't take advantage of it. So, you know, I, um, you know, it's another game that I went for the middle on, but, you know, hoping for a one-point game, I had a chance. But I, I just didn't love that game last week. As well. But I, I think this Bronco team's defense is as legit as it gets. And, you know, the Jets were abysmal last week. When you look at that game, I mean, the Jets really – I mean, their defense was excellent too. We talked about them in week two, how they look like they were really developing, and they've developed. Uh, Sauce Gardner is just so long, lean, strong. I mean, he's like a spider out there. Like, he, he reminds me of, like – really reminds me of Richard Sherman with a little more strength and physicality, which is a lot. So, um, both, you know, so this Bronco defense, excellent. I think this jet defense still has value in it. All right. Very good. Uh, so you're on, and you're right on the, on the uh, ticket count right now, 78% to the under 95% of the money on the under in that game, Oof. 39 and a half, but it has only moved from 40 down to 39 and a half. So we'll keep an eye on that the rest of the week. Uh, Chicago, Dallas, two fifty three, two fifty four. Uh, this line opened obviously Dallas ten. It's pretty. It stayed pretty much a solid ten. DraftKings, New Jersey has nine on the board right now. I oh. see nine and a half over at FanDuel, but mostly uh, mostly open tens and, and and well, there's actually quite a bit of nine. There's quite a bit of nine and a halfs uh, across the board now. Dallas at home, Prescott, Chicago. We saw what they did to Tamp uh, to New England. Excuse me. Obviously, people were a little surprised by that performance. Yeah. Uh, now they go on the road to Dallas. Is this a good, shaping up to be maybe a good spot on the, for the Cowboys here? 
Yeah, it was shocking Monday night. You know, I was closing out a, a, a three-part teaser, a three-part uh, six-and-a-half-point teaser. That you know, I you know, I honestly, I played the. Uh, you know, I ended up having a hedge bet. Thank God, I put a small dollar amount on the money line, just to hedge my three-team teaser. You know, on 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 the Bears, I didn't expect them to win the game outright, but I had an opportunity to to catch. You know, again, try to steal profit where you can get it. You know, the three first two legs had won, and um, <clears throat> you know, I you know Tennessee. I, I um, I, I'm sorry, I had uh, Miami and um. Well, I can't remember. If, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the uh, the Raiders on, uh, you know, both. I cut through the seven, through the three. And I, uh, you know, so I, I'm surprised. I'm so, so shocked that the like the coaching decision by Belichick to tell his leadership team that he's going to bench Mac Jones if he doesn't play well. And then we saw Mac Jones go on that slide and he kicked. I can't remember the defender's name in the, in the groin. That was as Bush League as it gets. It was low-class Bush League and it's Stuff that Belichick despises, but the fact that did he you hear told Peyton me, make did you hear Peyton bring it up? On I don't know if you were watching the Manning broadcast, but Peyton brought it up. Oh, I didn't he said, know. This I, is I what, missed the Manning. I yeah, that he thing. said this is why. Uh, you see, this is why linemen. This is why linemen don't like you running quarterbacks. You see, and he 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 kind of made a joke of it, but I I think uh, I think he felt the same way you felt about it. It was like you know he he wanted to highlight it in a way where he wasn't necessarily calling Mac Jones out, but he definitely definitely made a. Uh, made a point of bringing people's attention to it. Well, Mac Jones has a history of being a bit of a weasel. Um, you know, he's done stuff like this in the past. So to me, I think this is why he, one of the main, I thought it made it easy for Belichick to pull him up, but then the ovation for Zappy. I mean, it sounded, and honestly, it sounded like they just clinched the, you know, the playoff berth, the Super Bowl berth at home at Foxborough in the heyday. That crowd was so loud when Zappy came out there. It tells you how much pressure is on Mac Jones right now. So, you what know, also tells you about recency bias that you always talk about, right? I mean, the, the, this is what they've seen last. This is the guy who's got us a couple wins. So that recency bias kicks in. Yeah, what's that line from Gladiator? The mob is fickle, brother. And the yeah. mob is fickle when it comes to their money. So, you know, for me, I think Cowboys laying nine and a half is a decent value. I find them to be a very interesting teaser team, even though I don't get the cut all the way through my nine and a half. If I do a seven and a half point teaser and I get them under the field goal and I, and I do – that I think that's a great value because I honestly think the Bears played over their head because this uh, the narrative in New England was you know we can we're so good now we can win with anybody and uh, obviously there's more going on behind the scenes there's definitely some kind of unrest in that locker room as well and I'll keep my ear you know close uh, you know to, to the to the grindstone to you know see <laughs> that's the expression um, to see if I can hear anything about the locker room temperature. Big deal. It's a really big deal. And I think the Bears are going to come in feeling a little bit too good about themselves. They got Miami on deck. Dallas has the buy on deck. Dallas, Dallas needs to keep pace. Uh, I like good teams before the buy, um, you know, when they have to keep pace. And they got to keep pace. The Giants and, and the Eagles obviously are putting pressure on them because, um, you know, those how important every win will be going into the last couple of weeks of the season when these teams start facing off. So yeah. um, I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't make much of the talk of Dak having supposedly this hard return game. I mean, was, obviously, you got to expect a little bit of rust, but I mean, they took care of business. Obviously, the defense bailed them out with the turnovers, and they play, play in Detroit. Obviously, helps. Um, but I, I don't make much of of Dak somehow not being back to being Dak. And I mean, I, I'm sure he'll look better this week than he did last week. And I, I mean, again. Um, we know the weapons this team has on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, I think the quarterback is kind of afforded 
a time to be able to kind of work his way back into the office. I don't make much of his play going into whether I was going to lay 10 this week with him or not. Yeah, it looked to me like a preseason performance. You know, like guys got to get back in game shape. You know, it's been a long time since he threw the ball around the court. And, you know, look, if it wasn't for that defense again doing what they did, you know, uh, for Cooper Rush, I mean, they bailed him out. Uh, you know, I won't lie. I One of the few bets I lost last week was Detroit. Um, and I was on Dallas early in the week. And I just kept letting every one of these systematic humans Trends flipped me, and uh, on one of my free picks, I ended up letting the staff, because there's you know, a bunch of us over here discussing it. You know, I got vetoed, and I saw the argument, and I agreed with it, and it turned out the uh, the team was right. I was wrong. I didn't deserve to be – the Dallas side of the game shouldn't have won. Um, that game adjusted point score should have been 24-20. Uh, this is, uh, without a doubt, those five turnovers, the fumble. I mean, he um, – was it? I believe it was uh, Mika Parsons makes that tackle at the one, stops um, the tight end from getting in. The next play, boom, fumble. And what also hurt Detroit in that game was right before the game started, DeAndre Swift was ruled out. He was supposed to play. He was listed as playing. Right away in the game, Ramon uh, St. Um, uh, I'm, I'm guess I have Alzheimer's. Um, the Saint, he uh, gets hurt in the first quarter or early in the second changes that dynamic of that team. I mean, those are the two biggest weapons, and now they still were in it despite Goff's, you know, gaffes. Goff's yeah. gaffes. Yeah, Goff looked terrible. Um, all right, well, uh, let's move on. Uh, Las Vegas, New Orleans is 255-256. Uh, Las Vegas took care of business last week against a lousy Houston team, 38-20 to at home. Now they go on the road and to another team that's got quarterback issues. It's had quarterback issues. It continues to have quarterback issues to be determined as of Wednesday at – one thirty in the afternoon, New Orleans. This line opens two. Las Vegas, a two-point road favorite. It has pretty much stayed at two forty-nine and a half. What are you? What are you looking at in this one? Well, I should have mentioned that I had a, another line discrepancy here when I was doing mine, and I guess it's because I spent so much time watching all the games and rewatching the film. So I saw, you know, and I and I pro- this is really on me. So I do these lines a lot of times for myself because I, you know, I want to know where I find my value as they come out. So if people get confused by my line being off, it's not that I don't know what I'm doing. It's because I, I just see things my way and I trust my numbers. What I saw last week it was a rated team and I had the over in that game. I did see uh, a rated team that played a tighter game than really what that final score showed to a degree. Uh, there were some really big plays, really big swing plays that changed uh, really the outcome of that game. So I felt like the New Orleans who's starting to get healthy again, they can get a little healthier receiver, and that's the key here. But it being Wednesday, I, I can't wait to see the, the, the weather, um, the injury report, um, you know, because they have the walking wounded over there. When you look at their injury list, it's it's stunning uh, how many guys, uh, you know, didn't practice and didn't play last week. And um, if they can get Lattimore back, you know, if they get um, – you know, if, if they get uh, you know, some of their receivers back, if they get some of their secondary back, um, you know, you know, this is a much better team than we've seen. They have underperformed a mile. And, you know, they have uh, they have the Ravens on deck on Monday Night Football. But, the, you know, and then the Raiders got to go cross country to Jacksonville. There's really no look ahead there. But I just I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like both these. Um, I don't know. I I. I I don't have a great feel for this game, but I, I feel like the Saints are being a, a little undervalued here. Um, and I think the Raiders are still being a little overvalued, as a lot of people thought. They were in a lot of close games they could have won. So I, I got a pass on this one. I, I shouldn't even have, have drawn them as long as I have. All right. 257-258 uh, for me is the most maybe interesting 
opportunity that I've been looking at as far as where I'm going to probably step out. And that's this Carolina-Atlanta game. Open six and a half. Atlanta now, of course, obviously was the only perfect ATS team going into last week at 6-0 at home. Mariota uh, and the team now down to four and a half. And your total here is 41. And if you think about what Carolina could really do offensively here, and you look at how you get to 41, I, I can't put this together in a way that I, I don't have Atlanta covering this number of four. Um, you don't think you see a re- repeat performance from P.J. Walker? One great game in his career. Now people are already talking about him. He's the new starter. And no, 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 I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I look at what Atlanta's done at home as far as points go, and what they've put up, <laughs> and I look at this total, and I look at what I think I'm going to the output I'm going to get from Carolina here, and this uh, off that win against Tampa Bay now on the road, and there's nothing that that tells me that Atlanta may not be my biggest move of the week. Again, it's only uh, Wednesday, so I could obviously change that. But man, I'm seriously looking at this. Trying to come up with a story to tell me that Atlanta's not going to be able to cover four, four and a half with a total of 41 against this Carolina team. And I have not come up with a scenario yet. Well, you know, it's funny you said that, right? Two weeks ago, I, I was really big on uh, Cincinnati and I we squeaked out a win. And then last week, my biggest bet on the board was Cincinnati and the over in the Cincinnati game. And it should have went way over. It was almost over at half. And that got real quiet in the second. But a lot of strange turnovers that put, put it that way. And I, what, two weeks ago, I said exactly this, that the – the gang is back. They're living in, in straight shotgun formation. I mean, all they're doing is giving Burrow shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Two weeks ago, in all of his dropbacks, only two were, were out of the shotgun. One was a uh, was a kneel down at the, you know to end the game, and the other was a quarterback sneak for a half a yard. So this is they're now giving the the Boyd, Higgins, and Chase uh, gang all kinds of time and lanes, and giving Burrow a chance to survey the field and not being as as heavy on Nixon and that, you know, 50, 50 run balance, they were trying to be, they starting to play to their strengths. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like right now that, that, um, you know, uh, you know, this, uh, Atlanta team comes off a, that, that loss. And I still thought they, you know, I still see a lot of hope in that team, but they played without their two best cornerbacks. AJ Terrell was supposed to sit out the game, gutted it out, got hurt on the first or second play early on. Haywood was out. He's a, he play, was playing great all year. Depending on the injuries of this Falcon defense, you know, if they get a little bit healthy in that secondary again, I got to be honest with you, I don't see Carolina having a repeat performance. You know, uh, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't see it either. I I, I think I'm with you here on this at first glance. Yeah, I mean, I, I just for me, it's the total that kind of leads me to that. I mean, more than anything else, I just come out coming up with a scenario. Unless they're odds makers, obviously, the times they do make mistakes and they're way off. But how do we get somewhere near forty-one? I just, I mean, I just can't have Carolina being worth half of it. I just, I, I just don't see it. I just see, I just see Atlanta being worth at least maybe twenty-eight of that. Um, and I, I man, I, I just see kind of like a twenty-eight fourteen kind of game or something like that. Yeah, well, it's amazing this line dropping now down to four and a half, which is like tells you what am I missing here. So I definitely can't wait. Like Thursday, I want to see the practices today on Wednesday. Who made practice? I want to see practices tomorrow. I want the final injury report on Friday before I'm going to make another decision uh, on this game because, you know, why that line dropped is just really curious to me. Um, You know, I really – I don't – I don't understand it. I'm not seeing anything t- shocking on the injury report that tells me that it should have dropped that far. So I want to know what I'm missing. So I have more homework to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving along, 259, 260. 
Uh, Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett on the road to Philly coming off the bye. Obviously, Philly maybe the best team in the National Football League, certainly in the top three with Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, in the discussion there, this line opens 11. Pretty much across the board has moved down just a smidge to 10.5. Obviously, we saw Pittsburgh on the Sunday night game against Miami, which um, – I'll tell you, that halftime line, I mentioned this to you once already, but that halftime line mm-hmm. caught my attention, and I was going to make a move on it, and I did not. But, man, I'll tell you, at 16-10 at the half, Miami up six, the odds makers makes the halftime line Miami minus a half. At 16-10, Miami's a seven-point favorite for the full game. They're up 16-10, and the lines maker makes the halftime line minus a well, half. And know. I swear, I looked at it and said – well, they think the second half's going to be a tie, or what, or they think there's going to be no point. What I, I, this is the discussion I'm having at half, going what, what do they think? What are they seeing here? What's the calculation to come up with minus a half a point? Because you don't see that a lot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, you would have thought Miami minus one, minus one and a half, at least to get you to that seven number where you think okay, they're going to cover seven, you know, maybe even minus two, minus a half, and look what happened. Yeah, it's right on the money, you know, and it's to me, uh, you know, those halftime lines will tell you what they're seeing in terms of yards per play uh, and the way the teams are, are moving the ball, you know, and the injuries that happen without, you know, within the first half of that game. Um, again, this Miami team, I wouldn't, you know, again, I, I'm not on that game yet, but, uh, you know, I still think that, you know, two is going to find his rhythm again, him back after a long break, a lot of controversy, of course. Uh, but this I mean, they looked great in the first half, Miami. I mean, he looked – he looked like he hadn't missed a beat the first three, four series. Yeah, yeah, without but, you a know, that's that something pr- That's interesting, though, because I heard someone comment on this, and I'm interested to get your take on it. Uh, on uh, no, Number one, you got to kick the field goal, I think, up, up six. You got to go up nine, make it a two-score game for McDaniel. But it, it, there is something to be said about these coaches who are really great with the first 16, 17 scripted plays. And, and Miami looked like that. I mean, they just looked unstoppable the first three series. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, where'd that team go? What What is going on right now? Right, and that reminds me of the polar opposite of that. Arizona looked terrible with Kingsbury scripted plays to start because you can't, you simply can't ask, you know, Kyler Murray to play on a script. You know, he needs to play. Hey, buddy, here's a stick. Go draw the plays in the dirt. Go have fun and be home before the streetlights are out because he's a Sandlot guy, you know? <laughs> like, right. So, which is the opposite. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, this is a Miami team that, again, like you said, on script, look great. I still don't understand why they don't have two modified script to start each half. I mean, to me, you run the similar, but like just similar play sequences with just different plays within it. But I can't believe they can't have like several different scripts to get all right. Script one, script two, script three, script four. If you're gonna, if that's what works for your team, create more scripting. Uh, I just don't see why how hard that is. Just put the a couple extra hours in, be, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Steelers Eagles though. Again, I thought the Eagles, I thought this line would have been nine. Um, I I was surprised to see it uh, open at 11, now 10 and a half. Um, You know, I I, I was a little surprised by this just because these Mike Tomlin teams within the state, these two teams have a a secret rivalry amongst each other and the fans. Um, You know, Philly comes off that bye, well-rested, practiced, um, get to work on some other things. We know that the coaching staff there gets created with their run-blocking schemes, uh, with the way they have Jalen Hurts run the ball. They do have weapons. Uh, Devontae Maddox is now turning into that perfect secondary guy where, you know, um, 
that he that he's really looking like the first round pick he should have been. Um, you know, Goddard has been great. This is a fun team to watch, but still have uh, really lacked in the second half. Um, and at times almost look like disinterested. So to me, I would, I just cannot see them, you know, really running away with this game with the Thursday night game on deck, prepping for another team. You know, they, you know, they prep for two teams this week from the bye. I mean, they spent two weeks, you know, prepping for two games. So there's always a little distraction when it comes to that. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be quick to lay 11, 10 and a half, 11. I mean, that those 11s are deadly in the NFL. Mm, it sure is. Uh, 261-262, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time. The Miami we've talked about, obviously now they go on the road, three and a half to Detroit, who obviously looked like an offensive juggernaut, and now they've put up a couple of stinkers, but now they're home. I mean, Jared Goff would be hard to be worse than he was last week. Uh, I don't know if I'd be laying three and a half with Miami on the road, but this is probably not a game I'll touch either way. Any thoughts here? Uh, no, I think I, I'm kind of with you there. Um, you know, De- Detroit's got pack on deck. Um, this the defense, you know, was giving up a ton of points, and and now the offense is scoring none. It, it's really staggering to see how this team just completely dropped off. Again, we're going to need to see the health of their skill position guys, and really the health of that locker room. Out of nowhere, from everyone being, you know, Dan Campbell's the darling to what I said in the preseason show, what this Detroit team was the most overrated team I've ever seen coming out of a HBO show. They're all overrated, but this is the single most overrated I've ever seen a team coming out of. Um, Hard knock. So, again, it's showing itself now. And despite the fact they really were way better than what they were last week, Goff was a disaster. The fumbles, the pickoffs, the the, the play calling, the decision making, the fumble at the goal line, everything changed everything in a game that if they hold it together and they beat Dallas, they're back on track. But they didn't. They didn't. And uh, I was like, I'm really curious to see how it affects them. So I'm going to sit this one out too. Yeah. All right, uh, 263, 264, Arizona on the road to Minnesota. I'll start on the Arizona side because if you look, I'm just looking at their schedule now. Obviously, um, at Las Vegas, they got a win. At Carolina, they got a win. And then they got the win last week against New Orleans. Their other four losses, uh, three of them have come at home. Uh, one of them obviously came at Seattle. Now they go on the road to a Minnesota minus four. It's now moved down to three and a half. Total stayed pretty st- – actually, total has moved up from 48 to 49. Uh, we've talked about Kirk Cousins a lot, Paul Nolan. This is a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday, so it's not prime time, so you could take that out of the equation. But uh, total at 49, pretty high for these two teams. You look at what uh, Arizona's done, uh, you know, t- only put up 12 in a loss to the Rams, only put up 17 in a loss to Philly, only put up nine in a loss to Seattle. They put up 21 in a 24-point loss to Kansas City in, in the opener. And their three wins, the two on the road, they put up 29 and then 26 at Carolina. Um, what do you see here in this game? This is an interesting one. Yeah, Arizona, again, another team with a, a laundry list of injuries. And, you know, really, for the most part, Minnesota's pretty healthy. And as you said, Kirk Cousins in these non-primetime 1 o'clock games where he's got the least amount of eyes on him, this will probably be one of the lower-rated games of the day. You know, you say to yourself, um, this is like those spots where you see Minnesota really come, you know, come on. And Arizona, I've been saying, you know, since the beginning of the season, just check your mark. That's why I bet them last Thursday. Uh, you know, I said, you know, you know, D hop comes back. It's a different team. Everything changes with D hop there. So, you know, if he stays healthy, it's a different, you know, those two guys are like working off the same brain. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't like this spot uh, for the Vikings right now. Um, 
I just, uh, I, I just feel like this team wants to be energized, you know, when these two guys really run the roost uh, back together in Murray and, and D-Hop. So uh, I need, again, I'm going to take, I want to see what happens with this. If, if Arizona's offensive line starts getting bodies back, I might be on this game. I really might be on this game. I, I, I really might be making a move on this. But uh, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer because the way this line is now, I'm not overly afraid of it. It's going to stay between, you know, you know, three and a half and, and five. You know, it's not going to come through the three. So if I, I'm going to find that if I get three and a half, four, I'm okay with it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I think there's a lot to look at here in terms of injuries. All right, very good. Uh, let's get to the second game that I have really been studying and looking at and have big questions about, 265-266. So we talked about New England's performance on Monday night against Chicago. We've seen the disarray seemingly a quarterback. We've seen the coach obviously try to talk about the quarterback situation this week. We've seen the Jets since week two, Robert Sala, I'm keeping receipts, how they've played, go to Green Bay, get the win, big wins here, there. How is New England a one-point favorite on the road at New York, Paul Nolan? You know, it's got to be that quarterback controversy right now. I mean, like, uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, because I'll tell you right now, this Jet offense is abysmal, abysmal. I'm talking about I'm seeing a quarterback who runs for his life at the any sign of pressure. Yes, he's got great feet. That that reverse spin move is fancy. But he's wailing the ball all over the field. And this team losing, you know, you know, Brees – Heartbreaking. Elijah Vera Tucker going down. This Jet team, obviously, they make the nice uh, trade uh, this week for Williams from Jacksonville. Uh, I thought they stole that for a sixth-round pick. This is, um, you know, I don't know, man. I I mean, 31 at Cleveland, 24 at Pittsburgh, 40 at Miami, 27 at Green Bay, 16 against Denver. Abysmal? Yeah, well, was you know they got a lot of uh, help from their defense on those points, you know, did they not? I mean, if I go back and look at some adjusted scores, um, where's the Jet game? Um, right, the the Jet game where they scored twenty seven against the Pack. The adjusted score is really seventeen. Abysmal turnovers absolutely changed the outcome of that game. Um, if I remember the one against um, the forty point game. If I remember correctly, against the Dolphins, I think they were gifted 14 points, you know, from specials and defense uh, right out of the gate. So, yeah, I, I'm going to stay with a small, especially, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with that. What I saw last week was, I mean, wide open guys missed, so I'm staying with abysmal. So you have a team on the road at three and four going to a five and two team at home. The, the quarterback is listed as TBD. And they open as a one-point favorite. Some places have them now up to two. So the average guy walking to the window here, where do you think he's putting his money on? You know, I, I think the average guy right now is, uh, you know, I, I think he's, you know, I don't know. What I'm seeing right now is this, the tickets are about split. Jets, 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 Well, it's like 60-40 here on my screen that the uh, the total bet 60-40 in favor of New England, not even knowing who the quarterback is. But the Jets have gotten a lot of hype. You're right. I mean, they get they've gotten a lot of hype. Um, I certainly wouldn't bet the Jets right now. That's for sugar sure. Well, I almost be, cursed give, me, air give me New England by a hundred in this game if this line stays. How could they be favored? You have to be on New England if you're going to play this game. It's the much <laughs> harder play. It's the much harder ticket to put in, isn't it? I had New England laying three in this game. My line was three. I feel like this is a value at two. 
I had New England laying three in this game. Okay. You know, and I, and I did that honestly before, before the uh, I got us to beat Fantasy. I did that before the, the Monday night outcome. I broke my this line is, before. This that. is similar to our Thursday night discussion. I have to be on Tampa Bay. If I'm going to play that game, I have to be on Tampa Bay. I have to be on New England in this game. I got to be on New England too, just because I think they're the better team. I think they're going to bounce back from that embarrassment. I just don't think Belichick is, is going to allow such embarrassment and such disarray to, to flow through that locker room. Jets look, you know, look way has, too easy to put the money on to me. Average oh. guy goes five and two against three and four who just look terrible. Oh man, I'm taking the home team and only gonna get and I'm gonna get one. I'm well, all on the problem it. Here is I ain't the average guy. I know you're not. I'm I'm trying to think <laughs> like the average guy so I can be on the opposite side. Uh, yeah. all right, Tennessee. No, good point, though. All right, Tennessee Houston, four sixty seven, uh four sixty seven, two sixty seven, two sixty eight. Tennessee at Houston. Uh we saw Tennessee's performance last week against Indianapolis, who um me and you have been texting during Indianapolis games about Matt Ryan, and I think the coach either got a hold of our texts or, or yeah. um, you know, I was so disappointed because I was talking about how much Matt Ryan was done. I was hoping to get one more go against against him. I was hoping. <laughs> I seriously was. You know, to me, when you find a dead armed guy, and meanwhile, a couple of weeks earlier, Frank Reich is talking about, you know, my man is cooking. I wanted to put the ball in his hands. He's terrific and here he is gaslighting him giving him 58 throws and you know next thing you know he's, he's benched <laughs> come on yeah. i really expect the more to frank reich i'm wondering if you feel the same way uh, i definitely do i was expecting way more out of this team but i i couldn't have imagined how bad matt ryan would be i don't think he could have either by the way and i think he just kind of held on I for did. dear life as long as he could hoping that they would just find a way to get a W and he could continue to let that roller coaster go. But obviously after last week, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, not that Sam, um, the kid from Texas, Ellinger, Ellinger, is that his name? Yeah. I, I can't imagine he's going to be much of an upgrade, but I mean, maybe the arm strength, maybe a little bit, but uh, well, all right. Well, so we'll, maybe we'll get to that game if we have time, but we're on Tennessee, Houston. This is game's interesting. Open four has, has quickly moved to two and a half. You got to lay 115 to grab that two and a half right now, at least in some places. Some places you actually have minus two, minus 110. Um, Houston, Davis Mills, the quarterback. Obviously, we saw, we, we know the deal with Houston. Any interest in even thinking about touching this game? Well, I, I had this line. If I, my line was four and 40. Um, now I'm seeing the line down below three. You know, I guess wonder. I mean, obviously, you know, Tennessee is not you know, looking past the division opponent, but maybe a little bit because Sunday, Sunday night football, they're in prime time against Kansas city chiefs. And they, you know, they have a little history as well. You know, being, you know, the last few years, um, I, I don't see a real look at here for Texans either. Obviously they have Thursday night football. So they're trying to prep for two games uh, to a degree against the Eagles, which is a daunting task. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, again, I, I, yeah, I look. I, I made I'd a big lean, bet on the show last week on the under with Tennessee, right? And in the like, I pounded that under. I gave it on the shows. I gave it out over the air. I bet it big. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes over. I have a gut feeling this one's going over. I, I kind of like this opportunity mm. right now. Uh, both defenses have kind of regressed a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. If I had to play something, it might be the over. If I had to play a side, I'd probably lean towards the home dog here uh, at two and a half. But, but I'm not. I probably wouldn't be on this game. Uh, Giants head to Seattle. We talked a little bit about that. Obviously, Seattle, a solid three at home in 45. Um, Washington at Indy. At Indy, obviously, we talked about, obviously, Heineke. 
looked pretty good last week. The team definitely seems to like Heineke. They seem to they seem to rally around him. Uh, Indy, we talked about uh, Ellinger. We'll see what we get from him. That can't be a game I touch there. Either one of those games, Giants, Seattle, Washington, Indy, any, uh, anything else you want to give us right now where you stand here on a Wednesday on those two? Uh, just on the Washington Indy game, uh, like last week we said, Washington, I couldn't get myself to pull the trigger on him, and I should have. That was the perfect spot behind Heineke. He loves being this underdog. It's, he loves the uh, me against the world. He's got no fear. He's also got no arm strength. That, threw, he, that ball he threw to, to – um, Terry McLaurin really should have been picked on the sideline. He just wung that thing up. He had one great throw on the day, and it was McLaurin being McLaurin. Um, he just doesn't have the arm strength, in my opinion, to really compete in this league. He's got good legs, good athlete, big guts. You know, I see balls on the show. I heard them saying it on FAM. Can I say yeah, balls? Yeah, sure, why not? He's got balls, uh, and he'll throw any throw he say wants. Say it with authority. Yeah, he's got balls, <laughs> and uh, you know he'll 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 wing it up, man. He'll yolo it, man. You only live once, kind of a guy, and he has none to lose. You know, he's hanging around this league as an underachiever, overachieving, overachiever, under. No, he's in he's a, an achiever, overachieving, and you know. So I I think a regression comes back here. I would I would lean um, Colts if I had to here, but it's, you know Sam Ellinger getting that like magical me versus the world played great in preseason. He's always been one of those guys who the guys rally around because he, you know, he, he's like to me he's one of those guys who'll last just a little while before he's figured out, and then he'll be. I, I can just picture him being wrecked by some two hundred and fifty three pound linebacker who runs a four four five because um, he's going for the gusto. So again, I want to see more from both of these teams. Gun against my. You know, I'm I'm leaning Indy, um, but you know, I know that that locker room was disgusted with uh, Matt Ryan. I, you know, I, I reported in the beginning of the season. Do you remember me saying Matt Ryan's not remotely popular in that locker room? I hope you remember me saying that. That guys just disliked him. They said he was a prick, and uh, he was not winning it over. And then he comes out with lousy play to back up his BS. And you know, I, sometimes I love watching teams rally around these moments where, hey, it wasn't us; it was this guy. And um, this is an opportunity for that. I, I like that. All right. Uh, 273-274. Um, I guess most will call this the game of the week. San Francisco um, at L.A. The Rams off the bye at home. San Francisco uh, against their performance against Kansas City, where it seemed to me that Kansas City took their foot off the gas, at least on the offensive side of the ball, probably could have put up more points. Uh, opens a two-point favorite. has now moved down to one uh, San Francisco, that is, 43 and a half. And, and maybe last week, you know, for all the talk that there's been of D'Amico Ryans in this defense, and it's and, I, and I've been one of them, saying they, they look like they could be an all-time defense. Obviously, last week's performance is disappointing. But, it, again, you are going against, you know, the, the, the quarterback of our time probably right now and an offensive play caller of our time. Um, but, man, they did not look as good as they have last week. They just looked a little lost against that Kansas City offense. Now they go on the road to Stafford and Rams, who obviously have not looked like a defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, interesting spot here. This game could end up going off around one or even a pick. What do you, what do you see here? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you flat out, I missed this total by a mile. Um, I might have been overreacting uh, a little bit. But either way, to the high side it. or to the low side, you missed I, it. I had this 47 and a half. I pounded. I myrtleized. I put one of my biggest bets of the year on the over in this game. And my mindset was the Rams are not as bad offensively as they've looked. They've had a, plenty of chance now to, to really heal up on the, on, on the other side of the ball. I think they'll come back a little healthier, a little more organized. Uh, Garoppolo last week was, 
you know, he may, you know, he was typical him, but I think now, you know, CMC will be way more um, ready to be part of this offense. Uh, they ran into a gauntlet against a Kansas city team off that loss. Uh, Kansas city looked incredible. If you guys remember, I had uh, Kansas city in the over on the show last week. Um, you know, I, I love this over here. I think Sam Fran will score their points with the buy on deck. I think that they're a team that can't that will get to the buy with with the motivation that they're going to get a couple days off, and they know they're good. They know they're better than their record is, and I think the Rams will, will come out of the this. You know, their record doesn't really indicate who they are and the leadership in that locker room. I cannot imagine that team not coming out ready to play, and I just think this will find a way to get you know. Both teams will get in the 20s. I can see this being 40, you know, breaking 48 even. So I will bet an adjusted line bet. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to get odds going over, uh, you know, you know, over 48 even and see if I can get, you know, a two-to-one swing on that. All right, very good. Uh, guys, you've been watching uh, Paul Nolan and Damon Roberts, wagerweekly.com. Again, you can uh, sign up right now to be a, free, uh, be a user and get your first week for free. All you got to do is sign up at the website. Name, email address, sign up. It takes about 10 seconds. No uh, credit cards needed, no BS, no hassles, no gimmicks, no nothing. Sign up as a new user. You get your first seven days for free. You might get me one day. You get Paul another day. You get Stacy another day. You get Paul Bovey one day. So you get a little taste of everybody in your first seven days. Again, we cover all football days, obviously. Now that the NBA is here, we've been releasing NBA to start the season. Everybody's been rock solid on the site. You see the numbers. Hundreds, if not approaching thousands of you, have been taking advantage of the free week, which we love to do. It's a great way to get you started, to get you to see what we do, see the consistency. You can go to wagerweekly.com. If you're not watching this at wagerweekly.com, go there now. Scan the code on your screen. We'll also get you right to it. All you got to do is put your phone number in there, and the plays will come right to your mobile device. Text to you every single day. No phone calls. No one will call your phone. We'll just text right to your mobile device the plays each and every day, who they're from, what they are, what the lines you want to get. We'll send it all right to your phone. So, uh, All right, Paul, do you want to touch on the Sunday night game now or you want to wait till our Friday breakdown video to get to that? Green Bay obviously goes to Buffalo, opens 10.5, goes to 12. But Green Bay, the disaster right now that seemingly is this team, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers says, oh, it might be the best thing for us. We're going to go in there. No one's going to have any expectations of us. This might be the best thing for us. We're still going to make the playoffs. He sounds all ready to roll. Um they go in there and get blown out. What do you think? You know what? I, I would rather wait because, in all honesty, I have uh, right now. It's a little after two. I got a lot of work to do with my write ups. I want to start writing and my narratives for every game. Um, I think that's a good. I like this segment. You know, to do this segment and um, yeah, just as a as a think it out. And I like the audience to kind of use this as a way to just get to know us and and the handicapping process. I'm going to go back with my team and go over everybody's notes here, and we're all going to debate it out all day Thursday and Friday, and then Friday when we do our show, I'd like to be complete and give people some real good bets and some real good reasoning behind it. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow with another look at your Thursday night game. We'll see if anything changes between now and then. We'll uh, keep an eye on what's going on. If there's any new uh, information we think you need to know, we'll be back for a Thursday night breakdown video. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll be back with another look at college football Saturday and Sunday. And uh, maybe we'll be live on Saturday and Sunday morning as well. But you can always catch us right here, wagerweekly.com. Wagerweekly.com. For Paul Nolan, I'm Damon Roberts. Have a good day, everybody. Enjoy the games, cash some tickets, and we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow.